So, Max, let's talk about cookies. <laughs> yeah, let's talk cookies. Not the type you eat. The cookies I'm talking about are those browser cookies. Oh, yeah. Like, what's the deal? Do I want the cookies? Should I accept the cookies? Do I just bypass the question? It seems like every time I get online, I'm offered a cookie. It's too much. What's with the cookie? So what is a cookie? Yes. A cookie is actually a small text file that's stored in the web browser drive of all those websites that you're visiting all day. <laughs> <laughs> the Not file day. and the information in the file is actually generated by the server-side app that's running that specific website. And a cookie is actually used to identify you to the website so they can customize things like oh. ads, which I know you love. Yeah, like when I see, welcome back, Erica. <laughs> exactly. Cookies actually enable and improve your experience as a consumer, believe it or not. Things like logins, so it remembers your logins, maintaining your shopping cart mm. when you go to shop Always for something important. and then you leave the site. So it remembers, you come back, oh, how did they know all my stuff is still in the cart? I like, that's I like that feature. That's that's, nice. See, that's a good feature. Things like wish lists that they ask you to check certain items for, uh, product recommendations, anything to do with the user interface, like what you just said. Welcome back, Erica, when it knows you came back to the site. So by storing a small bit of information in a cookie, the website can determine that I've been to the page and that it belongs to my account. Right? Exactly. And cookies were actually invented by Netscape. Back Netscape. in 1995. I know you know nothing about Netscape. <laughs> that was the original browser before Explorer, before Google. There oh. was Netscape. And they needed to solve a significant problem because they really wanted to commercialize websites. That was way back in the day before companies were using websites to sell things. Uh, and they knew the only way to do that is to allow the websites to track the visitors so that they would have a better experience every time they came back to the site. Oh. Uh, that did obviously prompt some legislators, especially in the European Union, to make consumer consent for the, hey, do you want to accept the cookies, a law. And they actually passed that law in 2011. So not exactly in 1995, but in 2011, they started requiring companies to ask consumers, um, will you accept the cookies? But that's only in Europe? I mean, because it seems like I'm on websites that are like local stores. That's It's actually very interesting because in the U.S., there's still no national law requiring consumer consent for cookies. The only one that's getting close, believe it or not, is California. The California Consumer Privacy Act, CCPA, actually took effect in January of 2020. And it's the first attempt at consumer protection, which to me is super funny because it's California, right? It's Silicon Valley. It's where there's more right. tech companies and, than there is anywhere else on this planet that can benefit from cookies. And that's the first state that's actually requiring consumer consent on a state level. Wow, that's really interesting. It's funny that you'd think in a state driven by tech companies, mostly in Silicon Valley, that their own legislatures wouldn't work against them. I guess they don't always get along. Perhaps, guess not. <laughs> So how do the cookies really work? So there are different types of cookies. Different types. Yeah. So first there's session cookies that actually stay on your browser and retain all that important information until you close the browser. Uh, in that scenario, when you go back to the site, you have to enter all your new credentials all over again or yeah, that's prompts you for a new cookie. 
Uh, then you have persistent cookies that have a set lifespan until the cookie is manually deleted. Uh, that's when you go to a site you had visited and what you wanted is still in your shopping cart. So that's a persistent cookie. So I wonder why would one cookie be more beneficial than another? When a company is creating a website, did they choose the type of cookie that they're going to use? So I think persistent is most common when you accept all, when they say, do you accept the cookies? Because they want to save your information to to provide you with the best user experience. So you go back, the shopping cart knows what items you left in it. It says, welcome back, Erica. That's what a persistent cookie does. So for example, if I'm looking for a cute hat on a site and the next time I revisit the site, I'll see the record of my landing page with more hats. Exactly. That's a persistent cookie. So the websites use the cookies to customize the user experience. And I might see a different landing page than the person who's coming to the site for the first time. Exactly. It's customized for you. So it seems like not all cookies are bad. You know, this reminds me. (laughs) This is like I keep having that, like, thinking about my boyfriend, Fred Durst, and the song Nookie, (laughs) you know, from Limp Bizkit. I did it all for the nookie. The nookie. So you could take the cookie. <laughs> you I'm re- sure that's exactly you remember what, what Limp Bizkit you- <laughs> was talking about in that song. <laughs> Do you remember when you were like, what are you listening to? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I remember we went on a road trip and you put on the song and I was like, are you okay? What is that? And you're it's like, what, so do you, good. what do you mean? That's so, Limp Bizkit. It's, it's so good. It is actually pretty good. So having said all this, I should always accept the cookie, right, Max? I should never decline the cookie. Well, uh, when a cookie notification pops up and it mentions something like a third party, Mm. I'd strongly recommend that you (laughs) decline it. Uh, Also, if it's a non-secure site, you know, if you've got that little browser uh, address, the URL on top, and it's got almost like a little circle with a line through it, kind of like no good. Yeah. uh, You you might want to decline that as well because it's a non-secure website. Like no public Wi-Fi. No. Well, definitely, (laughs) regardless of the site. Never when using public Wi-Fi. Never public Wi-Fi. <laughs> so why decline third-party cookies? I mean, we're here, we're saying that it does all these cool things. It keeps me logged in. I mean, what does it even mean? Why would I, de- why would I decline the third party? Well, third parties are mainly advertisers or marketers that are trying to collect data on you, specifically around your purchase habit to try to sell you something else or collect that information and sell it to other marketers. So there's usually not a lot of benefit for you as the consumer. Uh, mainly, it's the benefit is to the third party. So it's better to just be safe and decline those requests. But if I'm just going online and I want to go look at something on an online store and it right away asks me to accept the cookie, how as a consumer do I know if it's a first party, persistent, third party? I mean, it's just asking, do I want a cookie? And I, I guess I do. Well, read the little pop-up <laughs> on the site because it actually tells you. It says, will you accept the cookie for this website? Will you accept all cookies, including oh. third-party? And there's little check boxes next to it, and you can just uncheck third-party uh, information. Again, that's part of your consumer protection, at least in California so far here in the US. <laughs> So if I just decide to X out of it, you know, I'm not going to even answer. I'm going to leave you undecided. Does that just mean I... I just actually have just accepted it by doing that? No, you have to actually accept. Now, you can also decline. Uh, The only difference is you won't get all those benefits of that custom experience. So does deleting cookies eliminate all data tracking? Well, it eliminates specific data about your session. 
like how you logged into that site, what devices uh, you searched with. Some of the data gathering is actually more big picture about predicting your future purchases. So browsers like Google may still show you ads for hats, even after you cleared out all the cookies. Oh. Now, here's a fun fact. Amazon actually knows how to stock their warehouses nationwide with those specific products by region. Remember, they have like millions and millions of products that they deliver every day. And they, they do it based on algorithms that calculate the oh. likelihood of buying a certain product even after you've left their site. That's scary. So the big picture is still there even after you delete the cookies. It's scary, but again, that's how you're getting those Amazon packages on time. It's not that they're keeping 20 million products at every single warehouse. That's so creepy. <laughs> so from a security perspective, I've heard some silly stuff. Like you just were mentioning, you know, enabling cookies allows companies to spy on you and track you. But it seems like the only way cookies will contain personal information is if you yourself enter that information. Right. So even if you enter personal information, it's not like it's going to be shared with every other site you visit, right? Correct. The cookies are specific to the website that's tagging your computer or smartphone with a cookie. That's why you may get a different result when you're using your laptop versus when you go and start browsing a similar oh. website on your smartphone. Oh, so some cookies are responsible for pop-up advertisements? Like, is, are advertisers using cookies to track you? Well, in some, in some cases, yes. So, for example, I recently searched for rowing machines oh, using Google on my phone. <laughs> of course, it's December. I always have to figure out, you know, what, what am I going to huh, do next? That's a good idea. <laughs> I think I could use one. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of the rowing machine. I got to be honest with you. But after looking at a few manufacturers and reading a few articles online, I decided to take a break uh, and obviously check my Instagram feed because that's what I do when I take a break. Um, and guess what ad started popping <laughs> yeah. up within minutes after I was searching for rowing machines? So funny. So that's the concept of converting a cookie on those sites that I visited into a feed that's an advertising engine like Instagram that, of course, is owned by Facebook, another big advertising engine. Uh, that's one of the real concepts of cookies. Um, some may consider this an invasion of privacy but others see it more as the convenience aspect for consumers. Sometimes it is annoying when you're talking about something or looking something up on the internet, and then it just pops up randomly when you're looking at a different site. Yeah, I guess the good news is there's really only a few major companies that have this level of tracking. Of course, one of them is Google. Um, so if you're in the internet, you have to assume anyway that they know everything else you're doing right. from buying a hat, for example. Um, no Cookies don't actually create the advertisement. Uh, the cookie just routes it the same way, same example I just gave about the rowing machine. And of course, the other big one is Amazon. Is there really a way for companies to aim ads at consumers while protecting privacy and not exploiting access to personal data? I mean, if personal information is not worth the same online with all the privacy policies being enforced, what's the trade-off? What can a company use? Companies still need to advertise. Yeah, that's true. That's why consumers have a choice. Get the convenience that cookies can provide with things like remembering your login credentials or saving items in your cart or decline the cookies and gain the privacy while losing the convenience. It seems like companies are now changing more for 
Example, iPhone users can pay a premium for iPhones. You know, iPhones, Max, to have the right <laughs> I'm familiar. to... You can pay to have the right to block certain tracking. So is that what it is? Privacy is now just becoming a privilege for people? Well, I think it's really all relative. For example, if you're going to pay a premium Apple service and block your tracking, what are you really gaining from that? Remember, we use tracking to improve your experience for everything from rideshare apps to food delivery apps to telling you what gas station or what Chinese food place is near you in a search. If you think someone's really tracking you like law enforcement, uh, I don't think paying the premium for tracking blocking is going to help you in any way. You should probably get yourself a good attorney. I feel like you have big problems if you're worried that you're being tracked by <laughs> yeah, law enforcement. I mean, we have bigger problems than worrying about accepting the cookies. That That's really the concept here is the tracking aspect of it. That And Apple's always been this like big proponent for blocking your location to within like 20 miles versus to within 10 feet. And that's been going on for years and years. But what's the real advantage? Do you really want to know that your Uber driver is 20 <laughs> miles away? Like, does that really benefit you? And they don't know where you are. So it's really all about the experience. And what are you really giving up to get some presumed privacy that you think you're, you're gaining as an advantage? Right. So it really seems like if you frequent a specific site, enabling cookies isn't the worst thing. And it makes for lagging in faster, as we've said, and maintains your website preferences. You know, an article was published in Eat This, Not That, that lists the most popular cookie in every state. <laughs> Can you guess what the most popular cookie in New York was? Uh, I don't know, chocolate chip? Yes, chocolate oh, chip. Actually, the most popular in most states, except for like Florida, is chocolate chips. In Florida, it's like orange. Seriously? And, and in Kentucky, <laughs> it was bourbon spice. Oh, that actually sounds good. They love their bourbon in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, I bet they do. On another note, bringing it back to a little bit more of a serious conversation. Okay. I know we usually are pretty topic-based on our episodes, but I recently experienced some tech issues, and I thought it would be something to mention. I think the hotspot option on our smartphones is a highly underrated and underused feature. And at least for the most smartphone users of a certain demographic, perhaps. Perhaps. As I've mentioned on a previous episode, you know, my dad had the deep brain stim procedure to alleviate symptoms of Parkinson's. Electrical probes send impulses to the brain through battery packs implanted in his chest, similar to how a pacemaker would be implanted beneath the skin. The battery pack is then controlled by a smart device that can be adjusted to increase or decrease the needed stimulation. And the entire procedure and treatment is truly remarkable. For sure. The thing is... The device that is used to control this stimulation requires Wi-Fi. And recently, when needed, there was a no Wi-Fi connection. Oh, boy. So it seems pretty scary that this entire amazing technological advancement in medicine could still be useless with no Wi-Fi. Which brings me back to the underrated hotspot option. So feeling really frustrated and understandably so, it occurred to me that I could connect the device to my iPhone hotspot or my parents' smartphone hotspot, and we could connect to Wi-Fi, make the needed adjustments, which is exactly what we did. Who's the techie now? That's pretty impressive. Anyway, anyone with a smartphone can use this option, and it could be useful so much more often than you think. So do not forget the hotspot. I wish that more people really understood that they have 
an available hotspot at all times on their phone. As long as they have a full battery, it's a perfectly good option. It does seem crazy to me that this device wouldn't have some sort of connection service included or built in, right? It seems incredibly crazy to me with something so important for uh, adjusting the way someone feels or how technology in this case works, that they wouldn't have shipped that device not as a Wi-Fi only device, but as a cellular enabled device that can just have network ready straight out of the box. And all the user would really have to do is hit the power button to get the device up and running. So it's a great example of incredible scientific technology that probably should have been implemented out in the field differently than the way it was making the assumption that Wi-Fi is always going to be readily available and that the end user, in this case, someone of an older generation, would actually know how to set that up uh, straight out of the box. So great, good example of great technology, but not well implemented. Right. And I just, I don't know, I guess most people aren't even aware of half of the features and options that their smartphone is able to That's right. And if you want to enable it, by the way, go to the network settings (laughs) of any phone, Android or Apple, and you will see hotspot or tethering, either of those options. Is that an older setting? It is. We used to actually use cables and we would tether our phones to our laptops. That's how we'd give our laptops network when we were working out in the field. You don't really see tethering anymore, do you? No, this whole new Bluetooth technology has kind of taken over the need for wires. So, Well, that's like when I, I just recently said something about how the image of a floppy disk is still the save icon on computers. That's right, on like and, Microsoft or any yeah, file. Yeah, and your older son had no idea what a floppy what disk a floppy was. Drive and is, he yeah. couldn't even understand like why. And it's true. Like why? Like even young kids today, when they show a telephone, they don't show a cell phone. They show like an old school rotary telephone. That's so true. It's like why? Time to update. <laughs> Bring things into the new century. All right. Well, since we are all about the cookie on this episode, I want to give you some cool gadgets of 2021. And you can rank which is your top cookie. <laughs> All right. these cool cookies are available and affordable on Amazon. Nice. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Panku 40 by 60 monocular telescope with smartphone holder and tripod. This HD monocular scope is amazing for bird watching with its highly refractive index and high quality imaging. You know I love this. Hiking, concerts, traveling. Well, I'm just thinking, you said bird watching. Is this for me or is this for you? Because <laughs> you know, I, I happen love, to know that you love bird watching. I really watching. do. What do they call them? An on a, oncologist? No. No, it's not <laughs> an oncologist. An, an onoculist? I don't know. Well, I'm going to look into it, but it, that's, it's a word. Number two, the Rescue A6 emergency six-in-one car safety device, USB car charger, window breaker, seatbelt cutter, 2200 power bank, which could provide over 20 hours of battery life. A powerful LED flashlight with red emergency beacon. I am a safety buff, Max, and this is something everyone needs in their car. You know nice. I got I have one in my I know you have one center in your console. Car. <laughs> because in an emergency, the first thing I'm gonna think is let me open up the console and find the cutter. By the way, I don't think people know you have an emergency bag for everything. Well, 
Yeah. I mean, you're you're the most prepared person I've ever met. Meanwhile, I am the most anxious. Like shit. Like this is 2022. <laughs> what am I gonna do? I have to like calm down. <laughs> Number three, eco worthy 12 volt. 10 watt solar car battery charger and maintainer, solar panel, trickle charger, portable power back kit with alligator clip adapter for cars or boats, automotive motorcycles, RVs, renewable energy max is our future. I love it. It is similar to what I got you for the office, the portable solar panel charger. That's how I charge my phone all day. Yeah. Off the sun. It's Just amazing. a small part of saving our planet Earth. For sure. I love it. And I'm sure you'll love this. Number four, the range extend Wi-Fi range extender with 2.4 band Wi-Fi booster three in one Wi-Fi router, repeater and access point signal booster for up to 10 devices with two fast Ethernet ports offering max speed for devices like gaming, printers, desktops, TVs. Anyone with multiple devices being used at the same time needs this. Which is your top cookie? Nice. So I have to pick one or should yeah. I rank them? Well, in order? you could rank them. Because <laughs> I love them all. They are pretty cool. They, and I think they're, they're pretty all, options. They're all affordable purchases. I agree. So I'm going to I'm going to start kind of at the bottom and work my way up. I'm going to kind of put in the last position, even though it's super cool. The the range extender Wi-Fi. Uh, Why? Because we have them everywhere already. Well, exactly. Because for my <laughs> Your mesh purpose, network, I already have a mesh network. You could solve a lot of these problems with a Wi-Fi 6 as well. Uh, but but I think it's like a good, central, affordable option to have that range extender if you don't have a mesh network. So I think it's great for everyone. It may not be good for me specifically. So I'm going to have to put that one in the last, the bottom cookie position. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I guess one above that, I would put the, oh, these are all so good. I guess I'll put the eco-worthy 12-volt, 10-watt solar car battery charger. Yeah. Just because, I, I mean, it's good to have. I've, I've never had that much problem with a battery in, in our car, but I guess it's good to have. It's just so. good if we get stranded and we need to have cell service. Well, you could, you could call, like, you know, roadside assistance and stuff. Well, so. we need, like, our cellular phone to have a battery. That's, that's true, but you know my Samsung holds a charge. So I always have batteries, so I don't really worry about that as much. Well, so, what if we have to get on the draft and change the, our again, roster? Again, these are all excellent choices. <laughs> I just want to throw that out again. Um, so, so definitely second from the bottom cookie. The runner-up is going to have to be this really cool monocular telescope. Okay. I, I mean, just because it's, it's so cool. And I, I, I feel like I'm going to get it anyway. I think it'll be cool when we travel, if we ever travel, and then we can take really cool pictures. Exactly. So I feel like we should get that anyway. And I would normally pick that in the number one position because that one appeals the most to me, except the whole rescue A6 emergency six and one. I feel like that should be the top cookie. Yeah. You know, I feel like everyone should have picture. like a what if scenario type of six in one device. And I just feel like I'm going to put that in the in the top position. That is my top, my choice for top That cookie. is. That is your chocolate chip. That's my chocolate chip right there. No orange. No Florida orange. <laughs> no. Maybe a bourbon spice, but definitely a chocolate chip. Is it me or is this conversation totally making you hungry? I'm starving right Let's now. Let's go get some cookies. Let's go get some cookies. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening today. Please continue to listen and subscribe. You could always find us on Spotify, Amazon, Google, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you find your podcast. You could find us on Instagram at Techie and the Blonde or ask us any questions or suggest topics we should discuss at techieandtheblonde at gmail.com. And our new and exciting website has launched, techieandtheblonde.com. You can find tons of content, pictures, everything discussed on the episodes. Thanks again. Whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, 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 o